Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. 14 hours in a traffic jam. Good grief. I mean, nothing, I mean, oh, can you imagine? Imagine sitting down there and sort of all these lorries and people get out of the cars and people play in the road. Oh, dear me. I feel so sorry for anybody like that who's gone down. It's all the French's fault. Let's blame it on the French. You know, if in doubt, it's the French's fault. They don't like us. They don't want us to go there. So just drive straight through France. Go somewhere else. Ghastly place. Really, it's horrible. And, um, and apart from that, everybody else is flying away on holiday. And where you're going to at the moment, though, I've got no idea. Terrible yesterday. I mean, the weather. The weather and the heat and, oh dear, all the usual, all the usual stuff that's going on. Uh, Carol Malone. It picks up where I sort of left off on the Bob Geldof thing after Bob Geldof had one of his foul-mouthed rants at a family event in Brentwood. And uh, as I pointed out, you know, well-known has-been Bob Geldof. Karen Malone picks up on it. I mean, he's only had two number ones, and they were back in 78 and 79. So, you know, how he thought they were ever a rock and roll band was totally beyond me. I couldn't quite get my head around it at all. But as long as the delusional one thinks that there's still life in it, I suppose they'll keep flogging it. And, um... And then Carol pointed out, if it hadn't been for Live Age, you wouldn't have heard of the Boomtown Rats. How they managed to wangle themselves onto it, I'll never know. Oh, wait a minute, because Bob Geldof put the show together. Of course, that's how it would be. Nothing like promoting yourself, is there, really? But luckily, everybody agreed with me. Uh, what else do we have? Katie Price has her eighth bus operation. I feel a bit sorry for her, actually. I do, really. I mean, she's in such a turmoil. She doesn't seem to have any sort of friends. That it's As long as you sort of just sit down and talk about her, she seems to be OK. But uh, having an eighth bust operation then lifts up and shows people, it's a bit embarrassing, really. I feel embarrassed for her uh, because she's got such a tiny brain and feel a bit, it's a bit embarrassed for her husband as well. Because, you know, he just has to stand there like the handbag and take it all. It's, uh, it's really dreadfully embarrassing. And also the other story, I might have got this wrong. But uh, you remember that, uh, that girl, Vicky? Uh, she goes to Alton Tower, she goes on a, on a ride and... Um, the uh, the ride breaks and they have an accident. She loses a leg. And uh, so then she did an interview in the paper and uh, and that was that. And then she, then they take her on holiday and that was fine. Help her get over it, all the rest of it. She was with her, her boyfriend, I think. And um, and then she's uh, and then she did something else. And then she started popping up on television programmes. I'm going enough already, enough already. You know, we've now had the look at me, look at me, look at me, attention seeking. Now we've got delusional. Now the headline in the uh, Sunday Mirror today is Vicky poses for racy shot. So they managed to persuade her, because she's obviously bright, to pose in her underwear. She says, I want to prove we can all be sexy in our own way. No, you're doing it for yourself because you're an attention seeker. It's a bit embarrassing. I don't really know why you've done it. I think, you know, you, I thought you were a bit more intelligent than that. But if that's the way you want to be, uh, why don't you just go straight to porn? You know, cut out this sort of, you know, let's flirty, flirty around with sort of little sort of peekaboo bras and lying there provocatively on a bed. I mean, it's, you know, go straight to the stuff. You might as well. It's a bit pointless, really. We know what you're trying to tell us. But I don't know whether or not you think this is a career. I really don't know if you think this is a career because I, w- I was bored ages ago and I said, listen, enough already. And now she- all she's going to be known as, poor soul, is the Alton Towers amputee. That's what they call her, the Alton Tower in the paper, the Alton Towers amputee. My quest to feel sexy again. As opposed to, what, you felt sexy before you went on the roller coaster. It's like saying, you know, Steve, did you feel sexy walking back to the car the other morning? No. Well, perhaps you need to uh, sort of get that bit in gear. 
It's all it's all very odd and it's it's a little bit tedious. She says, uh, as soon as somebody tells me I can't do something, I'm all the more determined to make it happen. So who knows? It's the usual claptrap from people. It doesn't matter whether you're an amputee or whether you're a you know a quadruple. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't. I've met people who've got no limbs at all, and they're the strongest people I've ever met. But I think she's just you know it's the attention seeking. It's become a little bit too. Why don't you just settle back and do something? Okay, just get on with your life. Just get on with your life. Uh, Also, Chris Evans, uh, he scotch claims that he has a booze problem. Listen, because you're pictured out somewhere and you're reading a book called The Pressure Principle, um, I begin to wonder, really, whether or not people think every time they see you with a drink in your hand, that means you've got a drink problem. In which case, I've got a serious problem. Seriously, every time I push my trolley around Costco, I'm in danger of having a serious problem with just about all sorts of things. It can be anything from hot dog sausages to um, to Prosecco to uh, mango to just about anything. So it's all obsessive. So they've got a picture of him sitting at a, at a pub and he was swig- swigging from a bottle. And they go, so? What do, I mean, honestly, aren't people allowed to go? It's like, you know, if, if you're seen with uh, with a girl... And you're a single person. They immediately go, oh, you're obviously having an affair. So Kate Beckinsale and Little Britain star, what's his face? Um, who was his name? Who's the... Who's David Walliams? That's right. David Wen. Here we go again. Uh, David Walliams. And he's, he's... Because he's known her for years, they're seen going out together. So immediately people go, oh, right, they're obviously an item. Whereas, in fact, I don't think anybody could ever be with David Walliams. He's mad as a fruitcake. The last one couldn't cope with it. She took the dog, the baby and everything. She disappeared completely. We never knew what happened to that, did we? We always got a little bit confused by it, thinking, well, I hope it's all right. hope it's all right. At the same time, he's seen that with somebody he's known for ages. And because they go to a public place, because that's the best way of getting your picture in the paper, if they wanted to do something privately, why don't they just go to his house and sit in the back garden and have a cup of tea, a cup of coffee? No, because they want the attention. They want to be seen out. It's like all these people... You know, who you see them. There's a there's a, a star here and it's always oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And so what they, they've done is he's sort of he's doing this saving the world or something. Well, he's not really It's supposed to be terribly green, but he flies all these sort of bimbo model types out there. And um, and because he likes being seen with people like that, as he dates, dates the latest one, who I think is number 10. They say, is he just a sad loner or living every man's dream? No, he's, he's not living every man's dream. He's got the money to fly people out there. He can say to them, listen, I'd like you to come to a conference. I'm looking for some good-looking totty, OK? OK, uplift bras. OK, uplift bras. Make your hair flow. Do, do the natural makeup. I'll fly you out there and you'll get your picture in the paper because you're with me. And that's exactly what happens. It's a publicity thing. It's got nothing at all to do with, with, uh, with anything else at all. I couldn't care less if he wants to save the whale. Really doesn't make any difference. It's it's whether or not he flies these people out there, and they all love it, don't they? They want to be with Leonardo DiCaprio, because he's Leonardo DiCaprio, because he's famous. And if somebody's famous, then they have appeal. I noticed that Rafa, rapper fifty percent always amuses the producer. <laughs> I said it in the office. I said rapper fifty percent. You went what? What? Lovely. It was so funny. Uh, he could be the man to save Top Gear. His name's 50 Cent, but I mean, he's still going. going. Just sew my sides up. And uh, apparently the controversial chart topper urged BBC bosses to give him a job to revive the Under Fire show. What for? What for? How many more NAF presenters do we want on the television? Bad enough with some of the ones that you're sure sure to God when you watch them on the telly. Well, I am. That you watch people and you think, are you just there to make up numbers? Because you're not particularly good at presenting. You're really not. 
Uh, Lotto Gran exclusive, uh, ghastly old baggage. I can't stand her. Can't stand her. This is the, the one who's... She's on benefit. She's got a nice car, thanks to you. Well done, you. And uh, anyway, she's now dependent on a cocktail of 16 tablets a day. Oh, well, looky here, darling. How tragic for you. Luckily, she's got an agent, so that's brilliant. And I'm sure her agent will say, oh, you know... She's she's really good. I think he's the same one who looks after Benefit D or something, or White or whatever it is. And uh, as I say, I'm sick to death of those sort of people anyway. I'm really not interested. That's why I got so angry the other day, in my own little way, um, of Bob Geldof swearing at a, at a festival. Swearing at a festival in front of people, thinking that he's some Mr. Big, you know, big person. And, you know, and he, the Boomtown Rats are sort of a big rock band in the world. He's, a, he's an old has-been. He was a has-been donkeys years ago. The trouble is he hasn't actually been anything. The only thing he's sort of famous for is Live Aid. The Boomtown Rats split up, then they got back together, then two didn't want to do it, then they went back with them again. And you think, what, he's just going to sing the same two songs? Rat Trap and the Silicon Chip Inside. That's all they do now, isn't it? He postures and poses, but frankly, it's like watching a bad tribute band. You know, and I don't, I'm not even sure if there is a tribute band to the... uh, the Boomtown Rats. If there is, it can't be getting can't be getting many bookings at the moment because all he comes on say he thinks it's really clever to swear. That's what's that's what's embarrassing about it. He seriously thinks if you come on stage, you go, "We are the effing Boomtown Rats." We're all going to go, "Oh, that's really hard, isn't it?" It's like you know you wouldn't get that from uh, from Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger, you know, can sell out stadiums. Bob Geldof, the Brentwood Festival. I think uh, I think that's where career ends there. But uh, in fact, it's a very interesting piece because in uh, one of the columns today, and I think it's Carol Malone. I'm pretty certain it is. And she says here, and this is absolutely right, because bearing in mind that Bob Bob Geldof belittled people who shop at Primark, belittled them. You know, we're up here, we're we're rock stars. You dress for a rock concert, and you're all dressed like you're at effing Primark. And so it went on. You know, silly old man, honestly. Small wonder he's the state he is. But did someone slip a large brandy into Bob Geldof's cocoa before he screamed at the audience of Brentwood's family-friendly festival in Essex that they were all boring, tame and wearing wall-to-wall effing Primark? The reason I ask, says Carol Malone, is that he was also screaming, we are the Boomtown Rats and we are mega. And he'd have to be plastered to think that, she said. They were never mega. Boomtown Rats or Geldof have never been mega. In fact, Bob is the luckiest man alive to have got involved with Live Aid because his musical talents would have seen him consigned to the bin years ago. The man's arrogant, charmless, has no discernible ability, and is in no position to criticise anybody's clothes when he's a scraggy, grey-haired pensioner who went on stage that day in a nasty, fake, snakeskin suit, which he mistakenly believed made him look like a rock star. Ireland must be thoroughly ashamed of a man who consistently boasts he's Irish poor, the two, in fact, grew up in one of Dublin's wealthiest areas and went to private school, which would explain why his utter contempt for people whose budgets might only stretch to Primark. Then, of course, there was the other thing. If you remember, Bob Geldof was one. I'm going to take in some Syrian families. Well, we've yet to see that one come to fruition. As with all things from Bob Geldof, it's plenty of gob. He's an old man. We saw him shouting the obscenities, didn't we, when he went out on the Thames, you know, and people are going, excuse me, there's children round here. What are you, stupid? That's probably the way he speaks at home. That's probably the way he speaks in front of his children. That's why nobody's got any respect for Bob Geldof anymore. You know, the man who turns up and starts swearing at a family festival. He probably thinks this is quite normal, but, uh, you know, you can't really take him anywhere. Best to leave him at home just to fester by himself. Uh, 84850, steve at uk, And uh, it's very interesting, actually. Very interesting that somebody has said... 
Somebody said that Nick Ferrari could be going on Big Brother. What? Because, well, I saw Nick on Friday. There was no mention, no mention of, uh, of, of, sort of, of sort of Nick Ferrari going on. They'd have to pay mega money, wouldn't they? They would have to pay mega money. And I, I would think, actually, that they wouldn't actually have a load of money at all to do that. They, they, they really... Well, I don't know how much they would pay. What would they pay? I think they would actually... What would they pay? 150,000 quid? <laughs> Why would you want to take a salary cut? And uh, somebody says, you're talking a load of what's it? Boomtown Rats were famous for a year before the hit, says Les. Don't be so stupid. No, they weren't. They were failures before and failures after. In fact, even, even the last time that they re-released... I don't like Mondays. Only got to number 38 in the charts. He was past his sell-by date years ago. They weren't famous, I'm afraid. They really weren't. They were called something different anyway in the early days. Need to get your facts right. And then there's somebody else came on to Christo and said, oh, you know, you'll always be confined to the graveyard shift. Why do people refer to it as the graveyard shift? You don't bury people at night. The graveyards aren't open. So he was either talking out of his rear end or he was a bit misinformed because, to be honest with you, you only have to look at the latest audience figures that uh, the audience figures that I get on my programme, are so far ahead of every other radio station as to be almost embarrassing for them. You know, I've got bigger audiences on my slot and overnights on LBC than they have on most other radio stations. Seriously, on some BBC local radio stations, they, you know, three people listen overnight, if indeed they actually have any broadcasting at all. Some of them are just like lock-up places. Somebody goes in the morning, opens it up and pushes a button, and you get BBC Radio Bradford or something like that. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I see the broomsticks parked outside, so she's definitely got to be back this morning. I know that. Unless, unless Farage has taken to riding around on a broomstick, which I think is unusual. Because it's Katie's, it's the small size out there. Because they, they come in three sizes, apparently. They come in Katie, Steve Allen and Nick Ferrari. And that's the sizes they're available in. But she's back with you uh, this morning. I loved it, uh, you know, especially when you open up the phone lines. Not that I do, but if people open up the phone lines to do conspiracy theories. My God, what a bunch of loonies. What a bunch of... Everything is a conspiracy theory, isn't it? Still those people that subscribe to the fact that Diana was murdered. Of course, if it was somebody in Russia... Like, there was that bloke the other day, the uh, the newspaper man who was, who was blown up in his car. Uh, I saw that as the KGB taking somebody out who'd been offensive to Putin. I didn't see that as an accident. You know, nobody else's car was affected, just his, and while he was in it. So that's what happens, really. Uh, but listening to all these people talking about conspiracy theories, there's a lot of seriously worried people out there, aren't there? A lot of seriously worried people who probably can't sleep. You know, people say, we saw all these, you know, things coming over and we saw spacecraft and we saw this. And, and oh, goodness me, honestly. It's like, who came up with the idea that that, um, that flight is actually on a desert island somewhere? Well, I mean, food runs out even on those aeroplanes. There's no food left. What would be the purpose of it? You know, the thing just crashed in the ocean and then it sinks and it breaks up. And, you know, as far as we know... There could be a plane at the bottom of an ocean somewhere, which they'll come across years later, and there will be people still in their seats. And the reason I say that is because it's fact. It's simple. As I explained to you last week, when they, when they went down to the Mary Rose, there were the bodies of 167-plus men in the front of the ship who'd been there since the 1500s. So we know that it, uh, it happens. And, uh, and we know how it goes on. But I loved a programme the other day, and it might have been called Bush Pilots. Uh, 
I think, I think, yes, but was it bush pilots? And they go out there and they go to Botswana or somewhere like that and they become pilots for a couple of years and they fly people in these light aircraft. It's quite, uh, it's, it's quite reassuring to think that it goes on. And I love it. I think it's really good, actually. These lovely little, uh, lovely little planes that whiz about all over the Transvaal and everything else. Of course, they've got to watch things like elephants wandering onto the runway. Or failing that, if you park the plane up at night, hyenas start biting into it. Because they, they, they show no fear. No fear whatsoever, hyenas. They just they start taking things apart, which is always, is always very interesting, I think. Uh, 84850, Steve at lvc.co.uk. Maria wants to know who takes notice of such a failure like Bob Geldof. Uh, well, he, he put it this way. I mean, I'm, I'm only talking about the musical career. I couldn't care less what he does in the rest of his life. You know, we watch Live Aid. We, he, he swore then. Send us your effing money we got on the television. And um, and you think to yourself, well, that's that's the way he operates. But let's face it, he was rescuing a dead career. It was it was dead in the water completely, absolutely dead. There was no interest for the Boomtown Rats at all. He kind of reinvented himself and seemed to think because he was working with all these people, you know, like the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin or whoever it was, you know, had everybody in there. And then the Boomtown Rats. I don't think so. I don't think so. So luckily we're all in, in agreement with that one, which is fantastic. Because, you know, if they had any fans, he'd have risen to the top of the charts. But, I mean, who cares? He seems to think he's a poor man's Rick, uh, sorry, uh, Mick Jagger. I mean, he's, he's nowhere near close to Bono from U2. Nowhere near. He's so far away, but he likes to align himself with these people. But it's just, it's, everybody said exactly the same. It's, uh, it's cloud cuckoo land. Cloud cuckoo land. You know, and so what, what gigs are in the diary for this year? Um, you know, it's uh, it's going to be Brentwood. Brentwood Festival. <laughs> he's only done one film. I don't think he's done any films at all, has he? What 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 film would he have done? What film would he have done? I I don't I don't know actually. Uh you know, whether or not I don't think he made any films. I'm pretty certain. Pretty certain he didn't. And um another one here. Uh this is from Tony. Who says, the young woman who's a single amputee who wants to do modelling. Well, we don't know if she wants to do modelling. No, I, I, I wouldn't state she does. They've just persuaded her to do this sort of... They've obviously sort of airbrushed her and done her hair and tried to make her into something she's not. And saying, you know, can you... Uh, can you sort of, uh, you know, get your kit off? She may want to get her life back, but she's had the publicity and had the best prosthetic limbs falling over backwards to assist due to TV deals. I'm double above the knee amputee due to medical negligence. I had to pay for my own prosthetic limbs, says Tony. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just can't understand why she thinks modelling like this is sort of my quest to feel sexy again. She's a show-off. I've had enough of it, really. Uh, so what film has Bob Geldof made? None. None. Not, no. Is there a film here? Wait a minute. Is that a film he made in a more vase feel? Is that right? Would he be in it? God, honestly. When was that made? 2012. Hardly a film career, let's face it. Not even made in English by the look of it. And um, what else we got? I'm just trying to find, actually, something about him. He was... And associated that's Boomtown Rats, blah, 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 blah. That's all we know, actually. But, uh, oh, my God. As a, oh, he's, oh, he's done a few, actually. He was in pink in The Wall. Harry Flash Gordon in number one. Bernard and the Genius himself. Cameo. Spice World. Oh, God. Being Mick as himself. Being Mick. Oh. I am... All oh, right. I am Bob, short film, which he loses a lookalike contest. God. Oh, my God. A film in 2009 is himself. And Bad Girl 2012 was George. 
Hardly something very exciting. Hardly something very exciting. So, uh, sooner he disappears, the better. Uh, Steve, uh, Andrew says, my mum's got a problem with birds pecking at the apple trees in the garden. Do you think I could rent Katie Hopkins to stand in the middle of the lawn? What, you know, just sort of turn around on a turntable? You think she could be a very good uh, bird scarer? <laughs> I don't think, Steve, that Nick Ferrari would accept the Big Brother deal. Doesn't matter how much money they'll put into it. What about his job and reputation? Exactly. I don't know where... It, well, I know who it's come from. I know where, where, where the story comes from, because I know the person who wrote it. I just don't understand. Unless they're sort of, they're sort of fumbling in the dark, going, oh, perhaps we might, um, we might sort of put Nick Ferrari... He wouldn't do that. Why would he want to go and sit in a room full of nutcases? Seriously. When he could stay here and get the same effect and earn, you know, probably more money. I should imagine. But uh, you never know. Never know. Uh, Steve, Bob Geddes was in the wall. Also done quite a bit for charity, maybe, says somebody. What a stupid thing to write, honestly. You do get, honestly, you can tell Bob Geldof fans. They probably sit there swearing at the radio all by themselves. And uh, Mick says, uh, I wholeheartedly agree with you about the conspiracy theorists. Angst-ridden nutcases. I know, they're quite mad, aren't they? These people vote, some of them. If they can remember what it is. I suppose just putting an X in a piece of paper isn't too complicated for them. But know that mostly they're mad as fruitcakes, aren't they? They, I mean, they really are just completely barking mad. I think what they are is people who used to go to the library years ago and then sit there going, ha, 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 my avocado's got legs. And people go, yeah, OK. And then they slowly move away from them because they're a bit, uh, a bit sick in the head. And then they, then they discover the internet. And once they start on the internet, oh, that's it, because you can find other Looney Tunes people on there who will share your conspiracy theories you know i remember talking to someone from roswell and they said that the spacecraft had come down and uh, the american government were keeping it secret and you go why don't you go sit in a cold bath of tea and pour beetroot juice over your head because you might actually do and achieve something a little bit more than you have done in your shallow existence at the moment you know if if if, if roswell was ever going to be interesting you know why would they keep it secret why would you keep it secret? It's for the Looney Tunes. It's, you know, it's the Loch Ness Monster all over again. That man who sat there for 25 years. Saddo. 25 years waiting to see something. And apparently he's had a couple of near misses. There's nothing in there, love. Nothing. Completely devoid. Empty. No fish. So it's got to be vegetarian. It's got to come up to breathe. No underground caves or anything like that for it to hide in. Also, it's got to be pretty old for what it's not eating. So, uh, you know, you can, you can dispense with most of these people. Uh, 8 Vavo. Rob says he made a film called Number One about a snooker player. It was the worst film ever with a ginger guy from the bill playing Steve Davis. Should have been called The Pits. Yeah, I mean, I'd, madness, isn't it? I mean, completely utter, utter madness, really. I never quite get it. And uh, Nicky says, could that young lady be another Heather Mills? Um, what, you think she's going to marry Paul McCartney? <laughs> <laughs> Married Paul McCartney. I just don't understand the attention-seeking side of it. You know, get on with your life. And, uh, you know, if you... I mean, when you look at her, she's very plain. That's the trouble. She's very plain. Put it this way, nobody'd ever thought she was a model up until then. So what are we thinking about it now for? In other words, you like to take all your clothes off, darling? Should we put you in a peekaboo and push your boobs up a little bit? It's just disgusting. It really is. If that's the best she can manage, I feel a little bit sorry for her. She doesn't need to feel sexy again. I mean, I sit here this morning, I look like a sack of potatoes, but I feel sexy. You know, that's all that matters. You know, I might not look sexy, but I sound sexy. You know, and people look at me, the producers look at me now going, mm, sort of kind of licking his lips a little bit, but I'm putting that down to maybe he's got some sort of illness that he doesn't want to tell me about. And it's a, it's a case of, you know, you can be anything you like, but just don't try and fool people who kid you. You can't kid a kid, kidder. 
It's as simple as that. Right, quick time check, because it's uh, Sunday. We haven't got... Oh, no, next week is the big bike thing in London. So they're closing all the roads off early. So you're not here, are you, next... No, not the naked... Oh, damn, I'm sorry to go down that route so early in the programme, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's not the naked one. It really isn't. You have that in, in Australia, don't you? Yes, you do. You have a naked bike ride in Australia. Yes, you do so. You do so, and I'll prove it to you in a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning. Oh, dear, I love Sunday morning. I love Sunday morning when I woke up really early last night because I went into a panic because uh, I'd forgotten to water the baskets yesterday evening. And I got up this... And so I'm standing there at half past 11. No, a bit later, about quarter to 12 uh, this morning, watering the baskets, thinking I must do them when I get back today. It's terrible, isn't it, when you forget? I try not to forget things like that because I've spent such a lot of time and effort looking after the blooming things. And then my next-door neighbour, because I watered her plant, she left me a bottle of champagne. I'm going to start offering to clean the flat. If that's what you get for just watering the baskets, a bottle of champagne, I could, I could be I could be quids in by the end of the week. <laughs> oh, dear. The cereal packs, which are only half full. Now, to be honest with you, I've, I've bought cereal bef- before, and most of them, when you open the top, it is because it settles within the packet. And uh, I was going to go and buy some cereal. I was going to buy some shreddies. I quite like sh- malted shreddies, which I think are quite nice. And uh, I thought, shred- then I thought, no, I won't buy shreddies. I'll buy shredded wheat, bite-sized shredded wheat. Oh, delicious. But I haven't actually got round to it yet. I'll have to get round to it a little bit later on. Uh, the strange ingredients that go into curries. We talked about curries on the programme the other day with the producer, who uh, his father makes curry for him when he goes back home. But as I say, when he does go back home, it takes him three months to find the family because they move. Every time he goes back there, he goes, oh, hum- oh uh, diff- different people in the house again. And so he then has to wander off and he goes to the police. They say, sorry, mate, they've, uh, they've moved. Oh, do they live a forwarding address? Not for you, no. Not for you. And so he then has to spend three months tracking his family down over in uh, Mooney Ponds. And he does his best. I wonder if there is a place called... Is there a place called Mooney Ponds? Is there... That's what Dame Edna used to talk about. Oh, no. Husband Norm used to come from Mooney Ponds. And I should think, if there really is such a place... I was, I was telling the producer, he's never read A Town Called Alice, or A Town Like Alice, by Neville Shute, which was made into a very, very good uh, film on television, and it was a cinema release. And uh, I loved it. I just yawned then. I just yawned. It's the first time I've ever yawned on a programme, and all my, my bit... Mooney Ponds. Suburb of Mel. Is it really? Oh, how exciting. I'd love to. I'd just have, like to have a picture taken of me against a sign that says Mooney Ponds. I'd like that a lot. Uh, the T-shirts that fund the Corbyn campaign, the workers get paid 30 pence an hour to make them. They sell for about £10. <coughs> Not good, is it? Not good. But when you get cheap clothing, uh, even though it sells for big prices, you can bet your bottom dollar somebody's skimming off the top of it somewhere. Uh, nothing like a good pie-up. A good pie-up. That's what people like, isn't it? Now, they like a pie. I think we do pies good in this country. I used to... I mean, I, I like uh, steak and kidney pies. I like... Um, what else do I like? Pasties. You can class a pasty as a pie, can you, I think? But I, I like things like that. And, and I, it just pies. We, we are particularly good. Or just minced beef pies. They're quite nice as well. They sometimes do them in the fish and chip shops. But... Uh, I, I haven't had one of those for a long, long time. Long, long time again. Uh, so um, there is a story in the paper today which you might not have seen on the television. It's a couple who go onto the television and they want you to fund their lifestyle. They're bohemian, to say the least. Uh, they breastfeed the children till the kids don't want to be breastfed anymore. Uh, the mother squirts breast milk into the kids' eyes 
to uh, help them with any problems they might have. They're totally out of control, the children. In fact, one of them, you may have remembered reading in the paper the other week, weed on the studio floor. They're like that, obviously, when they feel like going. And uh, as one of the columnists said, you know, you had to see it to believe it. And uh, they want to live this bohemian. We don't we don't rely on anybody. We're not going to have inoculations. We're not going to do this and do that. Uh, they're not the most intelligent. And hopefully now social services will be keeping a closer eye on them because you can't have these people going on television saying send us. I mean, there will be a few stupid people. Private Eye published a list at the of the magazine. There's a special section where they go looking for £20,000, send money to and they put a box number down and things like that. I begin to wonder how many people actually send money. How many people would send money to somebody who asked? If I, if I sort of said, oh, I'm, I'm really in dire straits and, uh, and I, I need £10,000 really urgently, you know what? Do you think people would send money? Because people obviously do it. You know, we hand over money to charity. I'm far more sceptical about handing over to charity than anything else now. In fact, I, uh, I actually don't, I don't give to anybody sitting by a cash point on principle. Mainly, they're alcoholics, and I'm not fueling somebody's drink problem. Thank you very much indeed. You know, why they have to sit down? Can't they stand up? Are they amputees or something? Is there some reason why they're not standing up? No, they're bone idle. I came out of here on Friday morning. Uh, I, I, I came out of here, and there's a bloke at the end of this. We call it the triangle here in London because it's... Doesn't look like a triangle at all, actually. But anyway, it's just sort of, it's sort of there. And this bloke, he must have been, I don't know, it, difficult to tell when they get past a certain age. He could have been 60 or something like that. He was so drunk at seven in the morning, he couldn't, he was weaving backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards. And at one point, he's clinging onto the lamppost. He's got his arm wrapped round the lamppost. And then as I'm watching, he slowly slides down the lamppost until he's completely prostate at the bottom of it and I thought to myself he's an alcoholic why is there nobody here to help an alcoholic you know do these people only work nine to five and then this morning I'm driving in and the car in front of me the driver was drunk he couldn't keep the car on a straight keel I'm looking around for a policeman thinking if I see a policeman go way drunk driver on the road this morning it was two guys and they literally, I mean, how we never crashed the car, I'll never know. No police anywhere at all. So obviously drink driving you can get away with. I tell you, I felt, because I came up behind them and I was watching it thinking, they're obviously distracted by the headlights because I've got really big, powerful headlights. And, um, and then he started weaving over the, over the white line. Then he had to pull it back in again and then he nearly hit the curb. And I thought, we need some police out there. We need some police out there, quick as possible. Uh, 84850, Simon says, I was on a ghost tour in Edinburgh recently. He told us the phrase graveyard shift came about as a man was employed in Victorian times to sit in the graveyard to listen for people who've been buried but weren't quite dead. Well, that's incorrect. The people that they used to employ in the graveyards were there to stop the body snatchers. That's what they were there for. They used to sit in little houses. There's a couple in the... uh, over by the Tower of London, and it's a little tiny cemetery with a little, like, guard's hut in there. And uh, what they used to do is they used to sit there because medical students would employ people to steal a body so they could then dissect it. Uh, Nothing at all to do with the piece of string from uh, from the coffin to the top with a bell on it, because they did make coffin. See, I know about this one. I know about this one absolutely verbatim because I've I've uh, done programmes on cemeteries and done programmes on Victorian burials and they used to have, not on all coffins a few of them, a little bell on the top with a bit of string well of course by the time you buried it the whole thing gets buried you don't think they actually put a bell actually on the gravestone, no it was built onto the top of the coffin with a string that went inside based on the assumption that there might have been an occasion where somebody was buried alive 
But to be honest with you, the last thing you've been thinking when it's pitch dark in the coffin is I wonder where the string is. So, uh, so that's what it is. But, uh, but that, that's got nothing at all to do with graveyard shift. You know, the, the, the shift in the graveyard was for the person there to stop the body snatchers, the Birkin hairs of their day. And uh, Eamon says, uh, what I've noticed about uh, Geldof is how he switches on his potty mouth when he's being interviewed on television and is being asked awkward questions. E.D., how much money have you made on the back of poverty in Africa? He starts effing and blinding, fully aware that the interview must end this interview to comply with certain broadcasting regulations. Hey, presto, no awkward questions. Yeah, he says, I'm a proud Anglo-Irishman, born in, born in uh, County Kilburn, mum from Tipperary and dad from Cork. He said, I'm deeply ashamed of this posturing twit. I just think it's unnecessary to go on television. You know, no matter how you, how you view it. I mean, I swear, like probably the majority of you do as well, not in front of children. Not in front of children. Well, I've done it in front of the producer, and he's the nearest thing to a child I know. But, um, but I don't, I wouldn't swear in front of children. I think that's just, you know, that's just chav. And there again, perhaps he thinks he's being clever, but, you know, you wouldn't get it. From, from the likes of the Rolling Stones. He wouldn't come on stage and start swimming because they're, they're mega. Whereas, you know, I'd be very surprised if Bob Geldof could sell out a scout hut. Seriously. Really embarrassing. Really embarrassing. I mean, I, 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 I never disliked him and I never liked him. I was kind of... I was, I was nothing on it. It didn't make any difference to me. It never came into my life. I never bought their records. Never thought they were particularly good. I just thought they were a funny group on the television and one of them used to wear pyjamas. And I think he used to live around Isleworth. So I remember seeing somebody in, and I think, oh God, is that because it's his trademark? He has to go out there wearing pajamas all the time, which I thought was a little bit disturbing. But uh, no, I was I was never bothered about the Boomtown Rats. Never bothered about them at all, in the slightest. I always thought they were, I was surprised that they kept going as long as they did. I mean, they should have packed it up a long, long time ago. But uh, I think it was really it was Live Aid that revived their fortunes. Uh, or his fortunes, because I think he wrote most of the stuff, didn't he? Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, I love it. We've got all the loonies. I, I like it when sort of we get Christo on and he attracts the loonies out because then they all go. Live Aid raised £150 million for famine relief. He says, is that why Bob Gelder is useless? No, we never talked about that. I'm not interested in Live Aid. You know, wash your ears out and see who you are, shall we? Let's see who you are just before we make sure you've got no friends left. And uh, another one here. Oh, dear. It's a bit stupid, this one. He says, do brain surgeons have to be likeable? We're not talking about... Bob Geldof's charity thing. You must listen properly. I can't listen. I can't be doing with ignorant people. If you're ignorant and you're a bit simple and you don't have any friends, I can understand it. And in fact, now you have no friends. And of course, a lot of the money didn't get through. I'd better point that out to you, just in case you're not aware of it. The corruption in these countries is uh, is thing. And then he talks about did Alan Turing lead to have been likable? <laughs> you need to go back on your medication, pal. Never mind. Never mind. You have to now find another phone number. Uh, Anna says, "Don't yawn on my radio program." Uh, Allardyce has been given a two-year contract to revive England's fortunes. A bit like Dreary Bob having another hit, never ever. Do you not think Allardyce can do it? I don't. I mean, I've, I've got no idea, actually. I've got no idea. I'm just, I'm just curious at the amount of money these people, these people earn. I mean, just absolutely. You know, it, I mean, absolutely fantastic. Um, another one here. And, uh, oh, it's the same person again. Oh, they've got two phone numbers. Now nobody. <laughs> Sorry. 84850 uh, I love the uh, I love the idea that people love conspiracy theories, but they really are mad as fruitcakes, aren't they? It is, it is purely, I think it's 
purely... I mean, somebody wrote in and says, you know what scares me? Most of the callers tonight who have the vote... I know, they vote. Do you think, yeah, they probably don't understand what it is, but as I say, it is just a cross on a, on a piece of paper, which is OK. Uh, Steve, you're very funny. People love you because you let them know about the others. Well, you have to, uh, you have to let people know. If there's, if there's loony tunes out there, they have to be told. We have to warn people. We have, to, we have to let them know. I like the idea of a two-year contract. Why not just a year contract for Sam Allardyce? And then if he does well with it, then, then sort of give him another year's contract. But I want to see some results because, let's face it, the team really couldn't give a forex about us. They're not, but they just get all their money. They just, they, just, they just take the money. And then if you noticed, after we lost, then they just go off on their holidays and drink their champagne and do... They couldn't care less about you. Why, why would they worry about you? You don't seriously think Wayne Rooney gives a forex about anything that you think? No, of course he doesn't. He's being paid by a football club to score some goals. If, of course, he can't, well, then that, that's it. That's it. You know, they, they just go off on their holidays and they come back. And then um, another one here, you know, will sort of say, you know, perhaps we should do that. I don't know. Really. Uh, I'm so upset, disturbed by anybody vulgar, despicable enough to swear in front of children. Says Suan. Yeah, I mean, perhaps he thought he was. The trouble is, it's when he sort of said, you know, we are the Boomtown Rats, we are mega. No, you're not, mate. No, you're not. <laughs> Absolutely not. It fizzled out ages ago. Fizzled out ages ago. Right, very quickly. Uh, on the subject of uh, Alton Towers. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for the oldest joke in the world, which we won't be repeating. Do you know, actually, some friends of mine went to Alton Towers the other day. They said they'd want to go to Alton Towers. I said, it's four hours. In a car from London, it's four hours, but I think they were all pootling off up there. And I said, I, I, I did go ages ago. I went on the log flume. That, that was quite nice. Where you go up on the log flume. Have you been on a log flume? Have you been on a log flume? Do you have those in Australia? Things like that. Log. It's, it's like a holiday. Well, it's not really a log. It, it's a bit of um, polypropylene shaped like a log. And it's on water. And you sit in it like a canoe, like, uh, woo, woo, hey, 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 like that, you know. And then you, you go along. And then it goes round things and there's waves underneath you, water. It's not very deep. You're not going to, well, you could drown in it, I suppose. No, no. Then it goes up a hill and it goes up and up and up and up and up because you're silly. You're paddling away like this. You're not paddling. It's really taking you by itself. And then you get to the top and you go inside this sort of like hut thing and it's pitch black. And you can feel the boat turning round. All of a sudden it just drops. So at that moment, half your nether region end up in your mouth. Oh, Frightening. And it's at that moment that a camera takes a picture of you. So everybody's picture is the same thing. Like, oh, mouth wide open. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Perhaps we could do a Twitter vote on that. <laughs> anyway, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Have you seen these garden hoses, says Judith, the expanding ones? And uh, yes, uh, I, I've got one. I've got an X hose. Very light. And and it, it, it goes from very small to quite big, quite big. I mean, I, I forget what mine is. It's a hundred foot. Anyway, you can join them up. And I thought it was brilliant because I was sick to death of trying to unravel hoses in the garden. If you've got, you know, if you've, they did one the other day on television. Karcher do one now, which is obviously jumping on the bandwagon because the others have been out for years. And uh, then there were copies. They sell them in all the markets. It's not the official X hose. And so there is the danger that the thing could sort of just blow up in your face because they're made very cheaply. And I think you can buy them for about a tenner. Normally they're about 60 quid, I think, for 100 foot. But it, it doesn't kink. And it's, it's just easy. It's just easy and it comes with a thing because I've got through so many hoses over the years. And those solid rubber plastic things, God, they're a nightmare. Absolute blooming nightmare. So I, I kind of 
gave up on those uh, a while ago, and I don't, uh, I don't, don't bother with them anymore. But I have got this this X hose thing. I know there are others available, but this was the first one that actually um, sort of went from very light, and you can pack it away really small, and then when you turn it on, it sort of, it sort of. I don't know, about four or five times. It's ridiculous. Uh, Steve, says Mick, the frightening thing about Looney Tunes is that not only have they got the vote, but you could be sitting next to them on the train come Monday. <laughs> was it Donald Sutherland in the film The First Great Train Robbery who had the bell on the coffin when his character faked his own death, says Malcolm? I don't know, actually. I don't remember that film at all. Uh, Anna says, did you see uh, Vanka Trump's speech? Found it amazing. Uh, yeah, they they have speech writers, don't they? They have speech writers who who do all this stuff for them. They know exactly. Now they either plagiarise, in which case they actually uh, pinch all of the ideas of somebody else's, which I think is, is quite a good idea. If you're actually going to you know check things, somebody says, uh, "Have you ever researched your family tree?" Yes. Yes. If any of your family were deported to Australia, you could be related to the producer. No, we weren't deported. No, we were far too good. I mean, you don't seriously think you'd be listening to somebody whose family were deported to Australia some years ago. Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. But uh, and he has dual nationality as well. He's got, uh, he's got Australian and he's got Irish as well. That probably means most of his summer holidays were spent in customs. Uh, <laughs> such, such a good line, actually. I always like that line. Always liked it. I'm going to tell you a story about, um, about ice creams. Everything's getting smaller nowadays, and don't we just know it at the age we are? And um, and you, it is. I mean, think, they're not as big as they were. If you remember when you, what? When you used to go and buy a chocolate bar, you know, you used to hold it in your hand, and it, you, I mean, a curly whirly used to look quite impressive. You know, it was a good, oh, good six or seven inches above your hand, and then now you go and buy it, and it's like you can fit it into your hand. It's so small, and then so obviously, you know, because I suppose when you're little. Everything looks bigger to you, doesn't it? I can remember going back to a school of mine years ago, and when I was little, I thought the school looked enormous. When I went back to it, I remember thinking, it's a bit tiny. It's a bit tiny. The only thing that doesn't change is the size of our bodies. They just get bigger and bigger, don't they? Never, never do they go backwards, if only. You live in hope, don't you, of your body sort of eventually going uh, back. And I'm not seriously on the Pokemon Go hype. No, thank you very much indeed. Producer loves it because he's got no life. I don't do things like that. I, I never did Dungeons and Dragons. I don't do uh, computer games on the phone. I don't play any of these games. Not my sort of thing. And Pokemon, I couldn't care less about. I, I mean, I, I, sit, I know that probably. I know I'm not in keeping with everybody. Uh, uh, Sean says, I'm uh, just getting in from clubbing. Good grief. Clubbing at this time of the morning. Where on earth do you go clubbing? He works, oh, he works one of those organisations, the big organisations. Got in clubbing. Good old I even feel ill when people tell me about going clubbing. You, 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 cl- you don't go clubbing, do you? Not dancing like that, you don't. That's a waltzing Matilda club you're going to, isn't it? Uh, once a jolly swag man. I oh, can't girls join in. Come on. Once a jolly swag man. I'm Donna Billabong. Uh, with this one here. Uh, listening here in North Carolina. Which is quite nice. I like the idea of people listening overseas to this programme. It's probably a lot easier, actually, isn't it? And uh, Jerry is listening as well. I should try and make sure you're listening from four. Well, five this morning, but four tomorrow morning, which is much better. Um, the other thing, uh, there was another story that was in the papers. Oh, yes, um, apart from the, uh, the rumbles in the jungles and the idea that Nick Ferrari could be going for Celebrity Big Brother. I mean, it's a, the oddest story I've ever read. Seriously, I've never read anything. I could understand Ian Dale. He, he, he'd probably go for that, wouldn't he? Ian Dale would like that. Would you like to do it? Would you like to do it? Go meet some girlies in the house? Would you not? All right, no. I wonder how you come over in the house. 
I'd have to sit there going, that's my producer. Oh, God. <laughs> it could be quite funny. It could be quite quite revealing, couldn't it? Um, and then uh, Carl Frosch. Frosch? Anyway, they're thinking of putting him in the jungle as well. His wife's very, uh, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. She's that sort of person. And then I get on the bus the other day and the bloke uh, who's driving the bus <laughs> says to me, he said, well, Steve, he said, uh, he said, I love your David Beckham impression. I said, thank you. And when I went to sit down, I felt like that moment in uh, Mrs Doubtfire where he gets on the bus and his, his dress rides up a bit to reveal his very hairy legs. And, um, and, and the driver looks and he pull, pulls the skirt down and he says, don't worry, he says, I like that East European look. <laughs> I felt like that. I felt like that on the bus. <laughs> and he said, because you know, there's no answer. Some says, I like your David Beckham impression. Oh, thank you. That's right. We, we did a thing the other day of, of David Beckham not wanting to lend money to Victoria to prop up her business. You know, I'm just going to take some money, David. No, you're not. No, no just just a little. No, I just I just want to borrow. A, no. Poor little David. Honestly, you can imagine him sitting there counting one, two, three, f- four million for me and nothing for Victoria. Can I borrow some of that? No, you can't. Can imagine that it gets quite heated. Actually, talking of heated, I noticed that Spencer Matthews having one of his uh, one of his mares of a day the other day. He starts arguing in the gym. His mood swings are very obvious now, isn't it? Funny, really. I never thought uh, it would be that obvious, but you know, I've never heard of people who have mood swings. That that's why he doesn't stay with anybody very long. He's obviously got slight. Let's just call them emotional problems. I would think because his moods. Imagine you know in a public place. And you have these mood swings. Not good at all, is it, really? Not good at all. Have you heard LBC's sex programme? Oh, dear me. Honestly, I feel I need medication to go <laughs> listen to the I can't listen to anything like that. Seriously, it's very, it's very near the knuckle. Well, in fact, it's more than near the knuckle. It, it's, it is actually on the knuckle, I think. Uh, 84850, steve at Oh, here we go. We found one. Looney Tunes. We found a Looney Tunes. Usually love these shows, Steve. But before you dismiss UFO researchers insubstantial, I would ask you... Oh, here we go again. I have, to, I have to delete you. You're too stupid. Too stupid for words. No, I'm sorry. There are no such things. If you want to believe it, then go and sit in a field with a load of cows and sort of smoke a potty cigarette and then imagine that they've come down and spoken to you, OK? That'll be fine. But uh, please, please, please don't bore, bore me or anybody else with it. It's absolute crapsticks. I don't want to know about it. I'm not remotely interested... You know, people who start coming up with, you know, you really need to read this book. It's by a well-known professor and he has, in fact, spoken with people from other planets. And the reason they don't want to come and land in Leicester Square is because there are so many non-believers. They have the technology, Looney Tunes, go away, go away, go away now. It's like the crop circles, isn't it? What did they find the other day? They found more more crop circles. It'll be all these people going down to Dover, going into a field with a piece of rope. You know, no matter how, how often you sit there... And you explain to the Looney Tunes Brigade that crop circles are made by students after they've been drinking at the same pub. And they go out there with a torch. They've done it on graph paper and they make it. It's uh, made by flying saucers. No, it's made by students from the local uni. It's flying saucers. They come down and they make these patterns. Really? What for? What do you think they make these patterns for? Nothing. It's students. OK. You could even show them students making it. And it, it doesn't really help, actually, because they still want to believe. Because people's lives are very shallow. And so if they want to believe something, they really want to believe that there are little green men from another planet. They look like E.T. and they learn to speak with a speak and spell professor. Or failing that, they've got sort of egg-shaped heads with one eye in the middle of it. And they all arrive in a spacecraft. Well, we should be seeing these things buzzing around all over the place. Otherwise, perhaps there's just one or two people on their particular planet. Where is it? Who knows? Because space is infinity. The five-year mission to boldly go... Oh, go away. 
I can't be doing with it. It's ridiculous. I don't mind watching films about things like that, but it's just nowhere near reality, is it? Nowhere near reality. Won't ever be, uh, and it'll never happen. They will never have any interviews. There are no bodies of spacemen or creatures or spacecraft that they've got. Nothing like that at all, OK? It's just all in the cinematographer's mind. And that's about as far as it goes, I'm afraid. You can't sort of... You can't get anything out of it because it's a no-win situation. Uh, 84850... Uh, another one here. Bob Geldof has had a few tragedies. You have to feel... I'm not interested. Why do I have to keep explaining this to people? I'm not interested in anything to do in his private life. I couldn't care less. I couldn't give a stuff about the charity. I couldn't give a stuff about his private life. All I was talking about was Bob Geldof thinking that he's a megastar, that he's a rock star. He's not, OK? I couldn't care less about anything else. I wasn't talking about anything else. I only, only talk about things which I know I can talk about and talking about, you know, his sort of lack of chart success would be, you know, would be the thing I would know about. I'm not interested in whether he's had tragedy or not. Doesn't doesn't change his life. It's like that stupid person who wrote in and said, you know, would you, would you sort of talk about Alan Turing? I mean, talk about Looney Tunes. My God in heaven. You can't really help people like that, can you? They're the sort of people, as I say, who, um, you know, somebody says, if that's the case, what do you make of Area 51? It's a load of old rubbish, OK? It's a load of old rubbish, that's it. It's as simple as that. It doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any worse. There is nothing. There is nothing, OK? I mean, if you want to believe in it, then, then believe in it. But uh, it's nothing, actually. Uh, Bob Geldof uh, is, uh, is really a waste of space. I don't think he's a waste of space. I just think he's suffering from delusions. And the delusion would be that he's a, a rock god. And, uh, and he's... Uh, he, it's, yeah, anyway, well, what can I tell you? The Warwick Folk Festival is this week, actually. So to, what is it with weekends and all the loonies texting and emailing? Well, I'll tell you what it is, Ian. It's the people who can't afford to go to Dover. That's what it is. So they're sitting there. They're very cross that they're not sitting in a traffic jam. But there again, most of them have had their licences withdrawn, so they're not allowed to drive. We had one the other day. He was so far removed from... I mean, he was, he was seriously, you know, cheeky nutsworth. He was, he was off with the fairies completely. He didn't know anything that was going on in the world, but sort of thought... He lived in this fantasy... I put his phone number in it for some reason. I produced a little bit. So what's that for? Oh, no. No idea. Perhaps he's lonely. Perhaps he thinks we're Samaritan callback or something. I don't know, but we're not. We're not. We're just, uh, we're just early breakfast on LBC. But I say early breakfast. I mean, it's six o'clock in the morning and the sun is coming up. I don't know what the weather's going to be like for today. I'll have a look on my little uh, chart and then we can, uh, we'll, we'll try and find out whether or not it's going to be... Uh, whether it's going to be a nice day today or whether it's going to be a day of taking your umbrella. I don't mind it raining a little bit. I don't mind it raining a little... No, okay. But it doesn't matter, matter to you. You're going to be spending it all in bed, aren't you? You're working tomorrow? Are you working... Oh, I've got you again tomorrow. Oh, riveting. Oh, not you. Oh, no, you're not working with me. Who's working with me tomorrow? Oh, don't be like that. He's got all huffy now, honestly. Ever since I withdrew his biscuit ration, he's gone all funny on the programme. I don't know why. Anyway, coming up on the programme this morning, uh, just after the news at six, we'll go through the, uh, the papers, the hairy bikers, the bullied boy who became the Munich mass killer, uh, my quest to feel sexy again by the Alton Towers amputee, and the 12-hour misery for a quarter of a million people. You have my sympathies. News is next. It's LBC. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. What a lovely day it is. Apparently it's going to be OK today. It's going to be OK. There's a bit of a music festival taking place in Twickenham later on. That'll be quite nice by the banks of the Thames. So I'm looking forward to popping down to that a little bit later on, which will be seen lurching round a field as per usual. Uh, Vardy's wife and children take a cameraman on holiday so they can capture pictures of them in the sea. They're all professionally done pictures, so you know that. Uh, Cheryl's estranged husband apparently blames Simon Cowell for the marriage breakdown. 
Uh, as opposed to the fact she's just a nightmare, I should imagine. If you want a holiday, please don't go anywhere near Dover at the moment. It's a nightmare. I mean, many families were stuck there. Most people are probably waking up this morning having had to spend the night in the car. And it's not just the cars, it's the caravans, it's the lorries, it's everything. And uh, people don't know what to do. And so they've got other people taking water out there. And uh, give it, I mean, it's just unbearable. Just And especially if you've got little kids. I've always said, if you've got... Um, it's nice, actually. There's a volunteer from a company called Kalsa Aid, Ravi Singh. And uh, they go round places and they take water, loads of water. You know, nice people like that. He says the government should have prepared for this. So they, they literally they took loads of water out to give to people. Bottles of water. You know, that's that's people who go over and above. Other people are suffering in the misery. And, you know, you try sleeping in a car. Imagine if you're all packed in there and they go, oh, you're going to have to sleep in, in the car tonight. I mean, in my car, it'd be OK. I could let the seats down. They go horizontal. And um, and you can just you can get a nice night's sleep. Leave the air conditioning on, you know, have a nice little night's sleep. Little snoozykins. But, uh, of course, you, nobody takes blankets. So you've just got to sleep in the clothes you're in. And, of course, bearing in mind, that's not the only problem. The other problem is go to the toilet. And also, if you've, if you've got your medicine and it's packed away, you've got to find your medicine. All the things you've got to do, I'll tell you, all sorts of immense problems. It really is. It's terrible. Uh, Wagon Wheel says Noreen seemed to be huge when we were children. They seem tiny now. Yeah, they don't look very big. None of these chocolate bars. I mean, seriously. I used to love one called Cabana, which was, uh, it was like sort of a coconut with, with cherries. Going going through it, and that was that was quite nice actually. That's like bounty bars anyway. I like I like bounty bars. They're quite nice. I, I just think it was moistened with pure soap for some reason. It was coconut moistened and it's moistened with pure syrup. But I like grated coconut. So uh, wagon wheels definitely. You know the Hunter Davison conversation was great. Loved it. Says Noreen. Catch up with Tom Ellis later. Yes, he was very good this evening. Nine o'clock LBC. Really worth listening to because we got Tom Ellis. And Hunter Davis, and really, really good. Good conversation. Very, very nice conversations. Both highly recommended, and you must um, you must download as well. Uh, the film with Donald Sutherland was the first great train robbery. 79, says Anthony, set in Victorian times, and also starred Sean Connery, my least favourite actor. Isn't that funny? My least favourite actor. He was the only man who played a Russian submarine commander with a Scottish accent. Do you remember in the hunt for Red October or whatever it was? And he was... It wasn't James Bond. He st- it was James Bond with a toupee on his head. He had a fake bit of hair. You could have lifted it off. No, no, he's... No, not very... Not very. He's lovely, but, you know, not my type of actor. I don't... And, and he was... I mean, he was good as James Bond. He, was, he wasn't brilliant. No, it was pretend. There is no such person as James Bond, OK? It's no good sort of thinking you could leap from tall buildings because you can't. OK? But uh, 007, licence to <sighs> thrill. Uh, I could have been James Bond. I've been a slightly different James Bond, it is uh, true to say. <laughs> and uh, maybe Nick Ferrari could go into the Big Brother house and broadcast his show from there, says Phil. Well, put it this way, I could certainly get enough material out of the Big Brother house. And, uh, uh, Steve, do the people stuck in Dover traffic realise that they're going to have to go through it all again on the return journey? Well, I just wonder if it's taken them that long to get these people through. There must be people further back in the line who've missed their first ferries. They've all got to be rebooked onto other ferries. So there will be ferries that are sailing, perhaps not full, or are they just shoving people on ferries? I don't know. I just feel immensely sorry for, for people who've had to, to put up with it. And uh, they've sat there hours and hours and hours. 
Uh, Steve, Spencer Matthews' brother's going to be rubbing shoulders with the Royals when he marries Pippa Middleton. Oh, no, I think the uh, the Royals will distance themselves quite... You don't think any time soon old Pippa Middleton's going to be popping into Buckhouse, do you? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, she'll be the butt of all their jokes. And, uh, no, 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 that won't happen at all. Spencer Matthews popping round to Windsor. I don't think so. Oh, no, the royal family are very good at closing. Look what they did to Sarah Ferguson. Poor, poor Yorkie. Fergie. Uh, when they sort of, you know, she, she tried to get in there and they weren't interested. And then they were trying to do damage limitations, saying, oh, you know, when they, what were they doing? That was a while ago. And all of a sudden, Sarah Ferguson. Oh, that's right. When Cameron resigned, he goes to Buckingham Palace. Who was going in? Sarah Ferguson. Well, four. Well, she got to contribute to the royal family. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Uh, Malcolm says, if the Looney Tunes brigade believe that aliens really exist, it's a pity they haven't been abducted. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. They want to believe it, though, don't they? They're so desperate to believe something. They're so desperate. I mean, I used to seriously believe years ago, seriously believed, that uh, that if I had a little crystal radio. Do you remember crystal sets where they didn't have batteries in there? You clipped it onto a metal radiator and the radiator acted as the conductor and you could hear. I knew people who could pick up radio in their mouth, on their teeth, because their fillings would act as a, as a receiver. And so people could pick up radio station. Don't ask me how it worked. Anyway, and that wasn't an apocryphal story that actually happened because of something that was in the, uh, in the fillings. But I used to believe that if I sat there sort of tapping out something on on the radiator, that people on another planet would hear it and, and make contact with me, which, of course, was ridiculous. Because, you know, had the light shone through the window, I'd have been the first one under the duvet. We never had duvets, actually. I lied about that, but we had sheets. I don't think my mother ever knew what a duvet was. And um, another one here. There are also some cattle in some of the trucks. Yes, because what we do is we actually send cattle to abattoirs abroad, so they'll be standing there, but they don't, they don't really think about that, do they? There's supposed to be some sort of duty of care if you're sending animals abroad. And it will be mainly sheep, pigs and cattle. And they'll be sitting there sweltering. 14 hours, no, no drinking, some will collapse. There's hardly any room in these things because they're going over there to be slaughtered. Not exactly going on a blooming public holiday, are they? Very worrying. Excuse me one minute. Oh. I needed that cup of coffee this morning. Actually, I've had about four cups of coffee this morning and each one tastes better than the last one, which is great. Do you remember Cabana bars and Amazing Raisin bars, says Sue? Amazing Raisin bars. I can't remember, actually. I was never particularly... Do you know you used to get those little sunpat packs of sultanas or raisins and little nuts in there and things like that? They used to come out of the machines on the stations and I used to love those. I thought they were, they were quite brilliant, actually. Although nine out of ten times you put your money in the machine on the station. You go, Mum, can I have that? OK, put, put your money... And then the drawer wouldn't open. You couldn't open the drawer. It was banging the machine and all the rest of it. They were fun. I wish they, those sort of things had come up for auction. I'd love to, uh, love to see stuff like uh, that. Um, <laughs> um, Matt says, uh, on the subject of Bob Geldof, maybe Monday was bath day. Just a thought. No, sadly, it was more, more tragic than that, wasn't it? It was a kid who shot dead a load of people in America and they asked him why he did it. He said, because I don't like Mondays. And that's when they did the... Uh, the song about it. Uh, Faisal's listening from Durban in South Africa. I always wanted to go to South Africa. I always wanted to go to South Africa. But then, on the other hand, I sort of think, maybe I don't want to go to South Africa. I can't think of any logical reason where or anywhere in the moment that I'm particularly bothered about going to. I, I, would, I would think, I keep saying, you know, that I'm, I'm going to go back to Vegas. 
at some point. But now it's all been taken over by all those chavs from Essex who go out there for these hen parties. Perhaps I'll have to go. I'm, I'm, I'm sure if you pick salubrious hotels, you don't actually get to see these people at all, which could be quite good. I can't find the weather for today. I heard it earlier on, and I'm sure it said it was going to be OK. So there's nothing, uh, nothing too much to worry about. Should we go through the, uh, the papers? Let's go through the papers. Let's see if we can destroy the papers in about five minutes. The only paper I've not got this morning is The People. I can tell you what's on the front page, because we managed to print that off. And it's talking about um, a girl called Abby. And uh, she's had 14 cruel months of false hope. She won't get the NHS drug that could save her life after a transplant. And with incredible bravery, she's going ahead with uh, the op anyway and battling to raise £100,000 to stay alive. Uh, Kim Marsh is on holiday with a photographer because these are professionally taken pictures. Nobody knows who she is outside of Manchester, seriously. And so they're, they're posed pictures on a, on a beach as she uh, parades another boyfriend in, uh, in front of us, which is very exciting. Uh, Brooke Vincent on holiday with a photographer and she's gone to Mallorca. Obviously a cheap end holiday. Uh, also... Uh, Raheem Sterling splashed out thousands of pounds to fly two stunning sisters to his uh, Jamaican hideaway while his loyal girlfriend was on holiday in Greece. He invited Elise and Elaine Wagstaff, well, not really stunning actually, to join him on a private jet to his Caribbean home. Uh, apparently, Elaine and Elise boasted about the trip on social media. They look as though they'd be the sort of people who would boast about it. And had a picture of a pile of cash, posh hotels, and a jet. And uh, and all the rest of it. I don't know what they do for a living. I'd rather not think about it. But uh, one of them's not attractive and the other one's really not attractive. Uh, the Vardys, James and Becky, out with their photographer. Somebody taking pictures of the kids. And strangely, they've not been pixelated. So obviously they're OK with things like that. The picture of this giant queue. 14-hour security queues at Dover. Huge backlog, which snakes about all over the place. God, I'll tell you, it'd drive you mad, wouldn't it? Absolutely mad, as far as the eye can see. If you were driving on the opposite side of the road, which I've done occasionally when I've hit traffic, you go, my God, how many how many cars are in this thing? Absolutely terrible. Uh, five teenagers among the nine slaughtered by this loner. Another sick person. He had a uh, few pals at school. He threatened to kill people. He was obviously a sick person. And he fell under the radar. He, he acted alone. He wasn't affiliated to anything. He had no uh, no particular beliefs or anything at all. He was just a sick person. As I say, straight to hell. Straight to hell. Uh, he lured victims to McDonald's, inspired by Brevik. 300 bullets in a bag. And, uh, as I say, Brevik and another one. I'll, I'll tell you, if I'd been running the country, the death penalty would have been brought back. I don't see why we should have to keep people like that who take so many lives. Uh, also, the... Uh, this is one here. Three British men arrested at a Crete holiday resort for alleged drug dealing. Wow. Amazing, actually. And then somebody said they're not getting proper, you know, they're completely innocent. They're not guilty of anything at all. I always love it when people say, you know, oh, no, they wouldn't do things like that. They had a thing on the television the other day and it was some man. And I think it was uh, borderline Australia or the Australian borders where they have the customs people there and everything else. And they've got some rather butch women who work on the Australian one. Ours are, ours are quite feminine over in Australia. Yeah, it'd be like that. And uh, and they got this bloke, and they uh, they just there wasn't something right about him. They couldn't quite get, quite work out what it was. So they did the drugs test, which is they wipe this thing over your luggage and put it in the machine, and it came up with traces of methamphetamine uh, and cocaine. And uh, and so they went back, and then they they examined the case, 
They couldn't find anything in it, and yet every time they wiped it, it came up with this traces of cocaine and methamphetamine and something like that. Anyway, uh, after standing there for what seems like hours and hours and hours, they finally have to let him go because they can't find anything. They didn't think he'd swallowed anything. And he was going, oh, well, I don't know where it's come from. And then up came the caption at the end. Uh, a week later, he was arrested by the Australian police as being part of a gang selling eight million pounds worth of, uh, of cocaine on the streets. Then they had another girl who came from Lithuania. It was quite clearly she was a hooker. You could see she was a hooker immediately. She was going to work in a massage bar. And that's hooking, you know, that's what it is. And uh, and she wouldn't tell them anything about anything at all. And so what they did, they just cancelled a bit. She got sent back immediately. Ours, we go, well, you, you go and have a McDonald's, then we'll come and collect you later. Whoosh, last you see of them. Last you see of them. Uh, staff of the travel firm Low Cost Holidays have revealed they were among the thousands of Brits who've lost out. The only person who hasn't, actually... Is the, uh, is the bloke who owns the company. His, his wife is living in a million-and-a-half-pound villa in Mallorca, where she claimed she'd split from Mr Evans. And uh, he's renting out his townhouse in Fulham for around £6,000 a month. He also has a number of other failed companies behind him. Uh, so uh, not so good. Meanwhile, Philip Green might be just Phil very shortly if they decide to strip him of his knighthood. Uh, and then I think in, what is it, 11 days... They've got some more BHSs at closing. Not much fun for the staff down there at all. And uh, here she is, silly little show-off. This is Katie Price. This is her eighth uh, boob job. It's really embarrassing, actually, isn't it? She's been so Botox now, she bears no resemblance to the nice, innocent girl of, of some years ago. She was shooting an advert, um, and, I don't know, but um, she, she thanked her latest surgeon online. It's a bit embarrassing if you are Jordan, because, you know, she's not blessed with looks. She doesn't have looks anymore. Nobody really thinks that she's ever glamorous. She's just an old woman with a nasally voice. Not very pleasant at all. Uh, the hairstylist accused of an affair with Ozzy Osbourne has branded the wife Sharon a publicity-seeking mother. Yeah, I would think that would be fairly accurate. They always have been, though. That's what the uh, Osbournes do. That's why they made the, uh, the programme. And a picture of, oh, look, Mark Wright out with his wife. That's a rarity. She's had her hair dyed. For, for some things, they were putting on a united front, holding hands in Manchester, because she hates Essex, apparently. She doesn't want to go down to Essex. She wants to be in Manchester, where all her friends and her family are. And so she's had to dye her hair blonde for this part, which makes her look a little bit chavvy and a little bit Essex. And um, and then they've got this other thing uh, on Essex. They've got still some of the... They're so old now, on there? I mean, Chloe Sims, I mean, should have been pension off years ago. The woman's way too old to be on the programme. Way too old. I'm honestly... If they were doing sort of Grandmothers of Essex, you could understand it. But, I mean, really, really not... Uh, not anymore. That was this DJs. No, not very exciting. Manchester United playing around. Lewis Hamilton. But apparently... Um, oh, no. Nicole Scherzinger has got... Um, they had another person on the television the other day and they said she was an ex-pussycat doll. How many were there? There's like four or five pussycat dolls all over the place. And uh, Eddie Goulding is holidaying with a hunky backing dancer as a reconciliation with on-off love Dougie Pointer looms. Oh, dear. That doesn't look promising, does it? It's a shame, really, because I really wanted them. And Niall Horan fans, desperate for him to follow Leanne Payne's lead and release new music, are in for a long wait. He's staying out of the studio. Thank the Lord for that. Whew! I was so worried he might have thought that he actually could sing. But uh, Leanne Payne's going into the studio. I think um, I think that's arts and crafts or something. I'm hoping it's not music. And uh, who else is going to the studio? Oh, Cheryl, I think, has been in the studio. But, I mean, to be honest with you, they're not going to get any publicity for this. They're going to be as dead in the water as, as the Boomtown Rats. Seriously. And, uh, and Karen Brady talks about being a parent. She says, let's face it, the hardest job 
in the world. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Do you know, I'm just watching this advert on the telly. I'll mention what it is, because I think it's for, it's for a broadband company. And it's, it's a bloke who's he's down there. Sorry? Brian Reynolds. Who's Brian Reynolds? Oh, right. Who's Ryan Reynolds? I don't know who he is. Who is he? But when they lift it, is this other thing on the helicopter? When they, is he actually clinging onto the helicopter, or is that something that's been superimposed? Because they lift the helicopter up. It could be blue screen, but they lift the helicopter up, and he's clinging. And I go quite pale, quite pale when I watch it because I'm thinking, just supposing your arm slips off and you fall, because that it just makes me feel ill looking at it on the television. It's, 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 it's you know, can you get the Wi-Fi signal now? And he goes, yeah, I can get the Wi-Fi signal. And I'm thinking, is he really hanging from underneath this helicopter? I know you get people who do stunts, but it frightens the life out of me. It really does. I get, I'm obviously not very good with watching other people doing vertigo and stuff like that. Anything that's on the top of buildings, like, oh, no, please. I'm really not. I can't even stand on a chair. I'm rubbish. Uh, Karen Brady doing her column today. High heel leave is no tall story. Hot weather always makes me proud, she says, to be British. So here we are sunbathing in our underwear. I know people start lying in the most peculiar places, don't they? They start, they start laying, you know, in parks and things like that. I've got a friend of mine. He can't wait. The moment the sun comes out, I said, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to the local park. And he goes down there practically equipped. He's got his little thing of ombre solaire. He's got his bottle of water. He's got his mobile phone, his music on and everything. And I'm thinking, you're lying in a park, filthy, full of strangers. And this is supposed to be night. No, 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 no. Sit in. Draw the curtains. Stay in. Don't go anywhere at all. Ghastly. Absolutely ghastly. I don't like this. Uh, why has there been so much criticism, writes Karen Brady? About Pippa Middleton's engagement ring. She's marrying a millionaire, for goodness sake. What's she supposed to be flashing? An Elizabeth Duke ring from Argos? Well, I don't know. nothing the matter with Elizabeth Duke, uh, Duke rings from Argos. Uh, what have we got here? Um, the boss of the male strippers, the Dream Boys, has admitted £400,000 in benefit and tax fraud. This is Barry Bacco. His real name's Barry Solomons. He claimed more than, well, 170000 in uh, housing and council tax benefit and everything else. He's worked, they say, with Elton John, Princess Diana and the Spice Girls. Also dodged at least 39 grand in tax from the male stripping business. Business partner Laurel Goodman fraudulently claimed £120,000 in benefits and dodged £67,000 in tax. Both have uh, pleaded guilty and um, they're going to be sentenced in September. I don't know. I don't know what that, that can possibly amount to. But they went worldwide with uh, fan tickets. For I remember the Dream Boys because I remember when they were launched. Because Barry Bacco came in and spoke to me about it. That was years ago. Years and years. And I wrote to him about three years ago because I knew somebody who wanted to get in, you know, on the Dream Boy Act because you can earn fairly good money. And unfortunately, he didn't have quite the right sort of body. Uh, X Factor star Sarah Jane Crawford. She's not a star at all. She really isn't. She's, uh, I don't know who she is. She's a TV host. But uh, I thought she was dropped because she wasn't much cop. She was sort of, you know, there's plenty of sort of, you know, oh, pick me, pick me, pick me. Anyway, she's talking about a health scare in the paper, which has nothing at all to do with her presenting skills or lack of. Uh, also, um, <laughs> a new driver crashed and lost his licence after just two weeks when he got drunk to celebrate passing his test. Daniel Robinson smashed his Fiesta after clipping an A-road curb and then fled the scene. They found him hiding in a pub car park. Oh, dear. No driving for you anymore, I fear. No driving for you at all. And, um, oh dear, uh, what have we got here? 
Crikey, there's all sorts of strange, odd stories, half of which are totally unrepeatable. But the good news is that you do get the pull-out. Uh, he's just turned three, and this is Will's and Kate's son. He's got the nation going gaga for gorgeous George. Not me, I'm afraid. Not me. I just see it as, as the exploitation of another child out of the royal family. Okay, all kids look cute, you know, especially a kid who's got this much money. And so they've got the dog, and uh, it's, it's, all, it's all lovely. But, you know... Don't ever get that uh, that idea in your mind that he's just an ordinary little child. He is far from ordinary. They will go to every length to uh, make sure that he remains far from ordinary. Far from ordinary. Uh, other story, Mirror Today, they've got uh, the bullied boy who became the Munich mass killer, as I say, shot himself dead, which uh, seems rather strange. The hairy bikers, the skinny barbecues, our best healthy recipe, and the 12-hour misery for a quarter of a million people, which is also... And Gary the Boar Lineker has flown to Ibiza for a holiday with his ex-wife as they edge towards reconciliation. Who gives a flying stuff about Gary Lineker and dreary old Danielle? Oh, really? I mean, I, could, I couldn't be less interested as if I trod on an ant. Honestly, I've never heard of anything so boring. Seriously. Perfect Sunday. I love reading this. We've had so many funny ones. And this is somebody called Georgia May Foot, whoever she is. And uh, she says here, a perfect Sunday would start with a lie-in. As opposed to, what, a sleep-in or something. Followed by bacon and cheese bagel. I wouldn't put any makeup on and I'd shove my hair up. The weather would be nice, so I'd go for a walk. Either with my boyfriend, Giovanni, or some friends. We also have ice creams. I don't think she's quite understood what this, what this column is all about. Most boring thing ever. Mind you, I've had to put down my favourite TV programmes for this little interview I've done with the Radio Times. Which comes out, well, we're, we're going we're gonna to find out tomorrow... I think, how we've done. And then Tuesday is when the magazine comes out and then you get the picture of me in there with all the other people for this, this voice competition. And um, it should be quite interesting. I don't think we've won, but I'm hoping that we've come top five at least. That'd be nice. A top five would be happy. The producer would be celebrating. You know, you, oh, you wouldn't be celebrating. Oh, right, OK. No, he, he's not really bothered. He said, he said he really couldn't care less, you know, whether or not we win it or we don't win it. Because I was looking at it as a joint effort. Well, I did till I worked with him. And then I suddenly realised, you're by yourself, Steve. You're by yourself. And uh, so we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. They're going to get some copies biked over to us. And then I'll have one for Tuesday morning. So I'll be, uh, I'll be able to look in there and go, well, you know, listen, I made it out of 40 down to 10. So as long as I didn't come 10th, I don't mind. I don't know if they're actually doing numbers on who, who did the most business, but either way, thank you for voting. Well, look, my friend Paul and John, they're totally convinced I won this thing. And I say, and listen, there's no chance, no chance that I will win this thing. I mean, seriously, not a cat in hell's chance. But uh, it's nice. Nice just to be considered, isn't it? Very nice to be considered. Right, what are we going to do? Um, oh, yes, the Alton Towers girl, Vicky, posing for a racy shoot. I don't know why you want to set your career back if this laughingly is called a career. I've got no idea, because uh, they've probably taken hundreds of pictures and they'll be spread out for ages and ages and ages. Apparently, she, she's done it because she says, I want to prove we can all be sexy in our own way. Well... I don't know. I mean, looking at you dressed like this, dear, I'm looking at the producer, and if he was dressed in a basque and suspenders, he wouldn't be sexy at all. In his own little way, he's, he's probably sexy, but to be honest with you, I don't think, it, I don't think it's working so well. And uh, bad news for Towie, a special appearance of, uh, of Gemma Collins. Expect a total eclipse of the, uh, of the heart. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every 26 minutes to 7. Come on, wake you. I know, I know. It's not easy, is it? You're sitting down in Dover and you're sitting there in that never-ending... 
Never-ending traffic jam. I mean, it just must be absolutely dreadful. I mean, on the A20, police, I think, have closed the roads in both directions because what they've had to do, they've had to make sure that the emergency vehicles can get through just in case there's anything that's bad. And, of course, people are just... It's all right for the lorry drivers because they're used to sleeping in their cabs, but people in cars, they weren't expecting to spend this, you know, the first night of their summer holidays. And then, of course, the worst thing is somebody taps on the window. Hello? BBC Local Radio. Uh, can we get an interview with you? Sorry? I'm trying to get an interview with you for uh, for our... Early morning Cocoa Pops breakfast show. And here we are. My name's Jessica. Hello. Hello. Uh, how many people in the car? Twelve. Sorry? Asylum? No, you're heading the wrong way, dear. Wrong way. They no, should be opposite, opposite direction. Bit of a pointless exercise at the moment. So they go. Anyway. Uh, hello. BBC Local Radio. Uh, can we do an interview with you? For our Shredded Wheat breakfast show. Rise and shine with Shredded Wheat. That's his name. And, uh, and there's a knock on the window. You imagine that? Go away. We're trying to get some sleep here. Um, what else do we have? Oh, lovely picture of Deborah Meaden, because we've got some uh, the Dragon's Den back again. Tom Daly diving for gold. This is um, it's a documentary on Tom Daly, who is possibly the most perfect person you could ever meet. I mean, he's not, he's not a great presenter. He did Splash. That doesn't really matter, actually. Um, but he's got everything, because we all remember, those of us who've grown up with, with Tom Daly... Not really, you know, but we, we sort of, we watched his career, we watched his dad training him, then his dad uh, got ill and died, and that was devastating for the uh, family, and so Tom had to grow up fairly quickly, and then uh, Tom did that thing that, you know, people were expecting anyway, he came out, and um, this has been shot over four years, so it deals with everything, including uh, the fact, you know, the, the moment he told his 14-year-old brother he was gay, because it can't be that easy to tell people. Then he finds his uh, his boyfriend, who is Dustin Lance Black, and um, it's it's a deeply personal insight. They're obviously blissfully happy together. It's it's almost the perfect relationship, isn't it? It couldn't be any better. He seems very very happy, and but he's had to deal with tragedy in his life because his dad was the one who coached him. His dad was the one. Who, you know, we used, we used to see his dad out there all the time, and uh, that's why. So that's on uh, Saturday. 8pm, Saturday on 8pm. Uh, on the subject of Gemma Collins, Ian tells me she's back in Towie. Oh dear. For a special appearance at Bobby Norris's dog's funeral. Oh well. She's put on weight, so she'll be doing a diet video soon. Oh, I don't think she will. I've suddenly realised, actually, I don't think she can lose weight. I seriously don't think she can. I don't think she's got either the willpower or the intelligence to do it. But uh, as I say, they should have dropped Bobby, Bobby Cole Norris ages ago. Seriously, the only gay in the village. It's really embarrassing. The last one we got rid of, he's got his little little sort of clothing shop thing. And Bobby Cole Norris, they should have dropped ages ago. These people are well past the sell-by. Seems to be my favourite expression at the moment, actually. Uh, Jones says, uh, the London Fire Brigade have got an event at the Heston Isleworth Fire Station, free children's fun fair, vintage fire engines and much more. So there you go. That's from 12 till 4. We're like a good, uh, we're like a good fire station event. And I know exactly where the, uh, the Heston Isleworth Fire Station is. So I'm sure that'll be uh, wonderful. And, uh, and Jan says, when will we know the results of the Radio Times poll? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, she says, I reckon you'll definitely be in top three. Well, listen, if I make top three, I'll be happy as Larry. Or happy as Steve. But uh, I'm under no illusions about it at all. But, uh, yeah, it, we, we get the magazine on Monday. I've done a little interview. They do a little interview with people on what you listen to on the radio and what you watch on the television, 
which kind of, it's only 50 words, it's a little tiny thing, and then there's some, uh, we all get a picture in there as well, which is nice, so I get a picture, which we did uh, a few weeks ago. It seems ages, the competition, but I know loads of people voted, so if we get top three, listen, we'll be more than satisfied, more than satisfied. And actually, have you got the, can you get the list up? Can you get the uh, the list up of the, the Radio Times, who all the uh, the voices were? Could you find that? Is that, that possible today? You know, we finish at seven. Just check, you know. No, seriously, there's no, no immediate rush. Blimey, honestly. Because I, <laughs> I can't remember who all the names were. Sorry? Oh, yeah, yeah, I was nominated, yeah. Actually, luckily, because I'm an A, I got to be at the top of the list. It doesn't mean anything else apart from that, but I'll, I'll remind you who all the names were. And it's whittled down to ten. I think it was either ten or eleven that they've whittled it down to. And, uh, and I was one of those whittled... So we're a bit excited by it, but, you know, only in our own modest little way. So here are the uh, the voices. OK, right. Um, right. Da, 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 da. Um, right. Can you put up the, the male voices? Male voices. Once we found the... There's, there's all different people on the on the women's one. And they're all well known. There we go. And, uh, oh, there's Steve Allen. Oh, it's me. Sorry. It's looking at me. Thank you. Uh, the older he gets, the camper and cheekier he becomes, they said. I'm too sure about that. Uh, also on the list was Owen Bennett-Jones. He presents uh, News Hour. Michael Barclay, who's got a lovely, dark, rich, chocolatey voice. I mean, how can I compete with chocolatey voices? Uh, Henry Blofeld. Ken Bruce. Again, they, these, are, these are professional voices. I can't, uh, I can't compete with sort of posh voices. OK, keep going. Sorry? That's right. I've done the Ken Bruce. Harvey Cook, who's the... Uh... Yes, him. Uh, Charles Collingwood, as well. He's, he was uh, Brian Aldridge in The Archers. Barry Cryer. I can't, I can't compete with Barry Cryer. He's got one of the best voices in the business. OK, down again. And uh, Alan Green, voice of football. Lovely. Of course, that leaves me cold. I don't know anything about football at all. John Humphreys. You can go faster. I, I can read a little bit quicker than this, surprisingly. Uh, Martin Kellner. Eddie Mayer. Eddie Mayer, who we know very well. Chris Moyles. He, he's got ribald tones. Colin Murray. He's got a honey... A honed, honeyed radio voice. Wow. I don't stand a cat in Ells, Charles, in this competition at all. Trevor Nelson. Neil Noons. Uh, Sean... Ra- oh, is he the Jamaican... Born continuity, right? Uh, uh, have you ever heard him doing continuity? Most unusual voice. <laughs> Most unusual voice. Sean Rafferty. Hey, you. Uh, Charlie Sloth. Which one's Charlie Sloth? Oh, he's um, he's a hip. Is he the fat one? Yeah, he's the fat one. Can't stand him. Uh, John Suchet. I mean, he's very well known, isn't he? Russ Williams. I see Russ most mornings. And so, what they do, who are they get? Show me, uh, show me the women. Show me the women. Show me the women. Show me the women. OK, so uh, on the women front, they've got Emma Bunton, uh, Lynn Bowles. Used to do travel for me, Lynn Bowles. Uh, Gemma Kearney. She's uh, fresh, young and female. <laughs> That's how they describe me. Uh, Kathy Clugston as well. Corrie Caulfield. Uh, Sheila Dillon. She looks like a radio presenter, doesn't she? Uh, Lise Doucette. That sounds like something you use in the bathroom, doesn't it, really? You go into the bathroom, you're having a Lise Doucette today. <laughs> Jane Garvey. Yes, they say she does a brilliant drive show. I couldn't possibly comment. Uh, Leona Graham. 
Charlotte Green. Of course, we know Charlotte Green. Uh, Michelle Hussein. Lauren, I can't stand Lauren Laverne. I really can't. I don't know why. Isn't it funny? Somebody just really get on your nerves and she gets on my nerves. Keris Matthews, Anne-Marie Minhall, I've known for, well, since we were children. And Sarah Mo Petch, who's uh, a, a reassuring voice, such clarity, such warmth. I can't compete with any of these people, seriously. All I get is slightly camp. Uh, Jelly, uh, Jenny Murray, of course. Uh, Susan Ray, Harriet Scott. Sarah Walker, who has a calm, a calm, clear reassurance that typifies the appeal of the network. Makes it sound quite glam, doesn't it? It's just a voice. And Kirsty Young, she's proven irresistible to listeners. And then Steve Allen, who's been with LBC since they say, is there a more mischievous voice on the air today? Well, we'll soon find out Tuesday, won't we, really? But so what they've done is they, they whittled down the 40 and they've taken it down to 10. Now, I can't tell you who, who the 10 are because I only know... I, I can tell you who one of... I can tell them two of them are. Well, three. One is me. One is Henry Blofeld and the other is uh, Kirsty Young. I know that because we were all in the same sort of photo session. And that's all I know. So until Tuesday morning, we won't know. It's going to be a hell of a day Monday, isn't it? It's going to be a hell of a day. But never mind. We, we, we shall do... Uh, we, we, we shall get there. We shall get there eventually. But like, as I say, top three I'd be more than happy with. Anything above that and I'm going to be cock-a-hoop. Definitely. Uh, I thought you would have joined our Fitbit group by now. Noreen, Michelle, Sally, Sue, Joe, Lindsley and me. Great way of measuring your daily steps, says Jan. Uh, looking forward to another day in the garden today. Maybe gardening this morning and then a glass or two of Pims. I saw a Pims the other day in Costco. Strawberry Pims. Strawberry Pims. And also they had in um, Joe Allen's a big jug on the counter, like a, those sort of things, with water, with ice, mint and cucumber. And apparently that's really refreshing. Really? I, of course, opted for the Prosecco, which is far more refreshing and far more entertaining. Who wants to have water with bubbling cucumber in it? Maybe everything's so dull in your entire life. But um, anyway, that was I just mentioned it because Phil Vickery mentioned the fact that that was also very refreshing. If you keep it in the fridge, lots of mint shoved in there. It's, it's absolutely delicious, apparently. Uh, Jackie, tell the producer I just uh, uh, just finished the Gabba stomp in Brisbane. He was very excited by this. Very excited. It brought back very memories. There was almost a tear in his eye till I realised he's still got the conjunctivitis that he had last week on the programme. Carol Decker is in Mallorca, already scorching, she said, at 7.30. Uh, sympathies, sympathies, sympathies. Apparently it's, uh, it's very, very hot. Well, you know me and heat. So everybody says to me, they go, Steve, you don't do heat. And I go, you are so right. I hate heat. Absolutely do. I got some cherries the other day. Got some, do you like cherries? Like little cherries? Do you like little cherries? <laughs> Or donut picture. That's not nice, is it? Honestly, you try a little bit of, you know, try and help him out, you know, deal with him in, you know, the intelligence level, which we're supposed to. All of a sudden you get a torrent of abuse. Honestly, I thought for some brief moment, Bob Geldof had wandered into the studio and was explaining to us just how big a rock star he really isn't. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Steve, I haven't heard how local shops get supplies for local shops in the Dover area. I don't know drone them in, I thought. I don't know. I mean, I just feel immensely sorry. You know, you've said to the kids, we're going on holiday, we're going over to France, get through it as quickly as possible, and uh, and you think to yourself, oh, we're not going anywhere, we're just sitting there. I hope they managed to clear it all this morning, but it is terrible, it really is. Uh, thank you, Jane in Cheltenham. That's quite posh, isn't it? Very posh. Cheltenham is quite a posh, but, well, it, I always think it's it's posh. I don't know why, it just, just sounds posh to me. Uh, Steve, if you don't make it to number one, say Sheila and Ed, you're still number one. Yeah, I mean, look at the names on the list. I mean, seriously, seriously, serious names on there. So uh, I'm not I'm not holding my breath on it. I've met the presenters, says Anna of Dragon's Den. Yes, uh, I absolutely 
I love Dragon's Den. I think it's good. I like Deborah Meaden. She was such a nice guest when she came in. Really such a nice uh, guest. Uh, 84850. Tony says, the voice competition, you in a way have won. Because who on the remaining ten people could get the amount of people to get up at 4am every day to hear your voice? It is true, actually. I do meet people. I get people all the time and they say, do you know, I wake up every morning at quarter to four just in time for the programme. And that's uh, and that's that's quite flattering. That's very nice, actually. Very nice indeed. And uh, <laughs> Dave in Romford, he says, plenty of loonies on this morning. By the way, if ever you want to get away for it all, you can use my country cottage on Neptune. I've never been to Neptune. It sounds delightful, actually. And uh, Gemma the Hut says, uh, we're just young gals on Towie. No, you're not, dear. You're 34 and nearly building a shelf in the corner. Can't find anybody, can she? I mean, luckily, she's gone off the radar, uh, thankfully. You know, but don't worry. She'll be back. And, uh, and Dean says, my mum had a glass of strawberry pims. I've never had strawberry pims. I don't, I don't really... I don't really know, you know, what... I mean, I've had pims before, and traditionally, you're supposed to do it with cucumber and ice and slice of lemon and some mint and stuff like that. But, I mean, to be honest, who cares? It's just a posh way of... Sp- and we go, you know, because we're all, you know, we go, oh, uh, pims for everybody? Or failing that, a lot of pubs are doing jugs of pims, you know, and that's that's quite a nice thing, you know, to get a jug of pims. You see, as far as I'm concerned, jug of Prosecco. Stick in some apricot puree, and you, is that a Bellini? Is apricot puree and Prosecco a Bellini? It might be. Well, it doesn't look like that. It might be. It might be. It's certainly some... You're in a very aggressive mood today, honestly. You need to go to anger management. Produce, it, honestly, it's, sometimes his face contorts in rage. And I have to sit here thinking happy thoughts, and then I look at him, and he's just... Sometimes you just want to go out there and slap him on the back of his legs. You really do. But, uh, as I say, you probably like that sort of thing. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Who's performing by the banks of the Thames later? Well, in Twickenham, I've got no idea. I've got no idea. I just know that it's, it's taking place today. And if, if the weather's nice, it'll be, uh, it'll be well worth it. And, uh, and then somebody said, are you jealous of Tom Daly? Listen, I have to explain every, every kind of day to poor Peter and uh, poor, sad, lonely Peter. Uh, I'm not jealous of anybody. But I did just buy, um, I did actually just buy another three Tommy Bahama shirts. That takes the total this month to seven. And uh, even my bank phoned me up and said, have you just done £642 on PayPal? I went, yes. Oh, right, just checking. What was it? I said it was uh, Tommy Bahama shirts. Oh, OK, that's fine. <laughs> I always like to check on these things, don't they? They always like to check on them. Uh, right, uh, I think that's about it. We, let me just quickly go through the rest of the papers. They've got My TV with Yorgi Porter. That career didn't really take off, did it? I think that she kind of went nowhere. Poor soul. I think we sort of had enough of uh, badly bleached hair and, um, you know, it's fine, but not really that exciting. It's Carol Malone's column that's good. And uh, she talks about Shami Chakrabarti. She says here, if the much respected... Really? With whom? Shami Chakrabarti accepts a peerage from Jeremy Corbyn. She must see how it will look. She produces a report on anti-Semitism for the Labour Party, which was slated as a vague, meaningless whitewash. And now the rumours are she's in line to be Lady Chakrabarti. Really? Self-appointed, wasn't she? From that organisation she was... I always thought she was dreadful old fraud. And it's a rumour she's refusing to deny. This is a woman, she says, whose opinion when she was boss of the human rights group Liberty mattered. She could be depended on... Oh, no, they'll all bend over and take the golden shilling, won't they? And if Shami Chakrabarti... Oh, dear, I tell you that we've really scraped the barrel, haven't we, here, if she gets a peerage. For what? For what, for goodness sake? Producing a report that they've described as a whitewash. Dear me. 
Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Never much coppered anything, really. Self-appointed at Liberty. I don't think anybody actually uh, actually voted her in. Lots of Brits are going abroad now to get surgery, so that when they go onto the beach, they look fantastic. I think, to be honest with you, you know if you're attractive or not. If you're not attractive, don't go on the beach. It's, you know, I mean, I'm not sort of... There's no point. I mean, I don't have to go around beaches pointing out... Excuse me, put your clothes on and just sit to the back of the beach. Thank you. Thank you. Excuse me. You over there. Clothes on. Thank you. And at the back of the... No, off the beach completely. Only attractive people on beaches. It's OK if you're sitting in a, in a queue down at Dover, but not having you sitting on beaches. Uh, strawberry Pim's absolutely foul, says Robin, dear old Bracknell. <laughs> they had Prosecco on draft at the Ramblin' Man Fair yesterday in Maidstone. Five pound a glass. Depends how big the glass is. <laughs> I, I, I could quite happily do, uh, do a very, very large glass of Prosecco. But it's got to be... Uh, got to be... Uh, got to be ice cold um i bought a tommy bahamas t-shirt from amazon large got to send it back because it's too small are their sizes skimpy no no dave they're not at all in fact actually uh xl in america is xxl over here i'm wearing xl and uh this is american xl which is bigger than our xls over here which makes it sound a bit bad doesn't it really (laughs) Makes it sound terrible. Uh, other one here, very quickly. Let's uh, let's do the Daily Star. This is um, the killer who lured the kids with free Big Macs. Uh, the crazed murderer, Ali Sonboli, lured lured his victims. The mentally ill eighteen-year-old posed as a girl online before killing nine. Obviously, a sick person, but fell under the radar, didn't he? Really, and um, and they don't know anything about him at all. Uh, the dreadful old baggage who is Suzanne Hint. Says police incompetence pushed her to the brink of suicide. Might as well drag it out a little bit, dear. Your five minutes of fame. This is the the nurse, really. I don't think she was a nurse. I thought she was on benefits. Who hit the headlines after falsely claiming she's one of jackpot. She was cleared of theft. That was a separate incident completely. It doesn't uh, alter the fact that she falsely claimed she'd won money. And uh, they're obviously desperate to try and get her into the papers. So they'll put down anything at all. She said, I'm just really lonely. Yeah, I thought that when, when they came round to say, would you like to do a piece in the paper? Oh, yeah, I'll do that. So I'm afraid uh, you don't wash with me, love, at all. I'm not sure about Nick Ferrari seriously going on to Big Brother. I can't believe that. Where have they got this story from? This is such a strange one. Show insiders reckon Ferrari would make CBB must-see viewing. Well, I mean, I have to break it to him now. There's two bisexuals going in there. That's women. And, uh, and Grant Bovey. Dear, why on earth would Nick Ferrari want to hang around with the likes of him? Even Anthea Turner, and she's generally not that fussy. She didn't want to hang around with him. And poor old Bruce Willis continues to die hard at the box office. His latest film has taken £86. I thought he'd had his day. I didn't know that uh, people were still interested. Ranting Towie Babe, somebody called Mental Megan. And again, something that's really not blessed with anything. Manners would be top of the list. Uh, Also... Here, rudimental. David Walliams and Kate Beckinsale. They're just friends. They've been friends for years. To be honest with you, I don't think David Walliams could actually go out with anybody. I don't think it's really physically possible. And I'll be a sash hitter, Zara Standard. The new Miss Great Britain, Dion Robertson. Waited three weeks to get the credit. Why do we bother with these beauty contests? What are they for? I mean, the last one bonked on, uh, on Love Island. This is Zara Holland who had hoped to keep the shiny tiara. She was stripped of it for having sex on telly. A real disgusting person. I don't know why we bother with Miss Great Britain. Who cares? There's prettier girls working behind the makeup counter in boots than there are worrying about things like that. It's just... Oh, I love the look of this. You'll love this. A great picture in the paper today. It's an ice cream shop. 
which serves up a giant thing, which has got waffles and ice cream and everything. It's 10,000 calories. It's got 26 ice cream scoops, 12 Jaffa cakes, 7 waffles, 4 flakes, 7 jammy dodgers, wafers and syrup. It costs 25 quid, but it's free to anybody who can finish it off. I wouldn't even bother trying. I wouldn't even bother trying. It's just not worth it. Your life is worth more than that. Actually, somebody said to me once about show business. They said nothing... It's worth more than your life, not even a career in show business. Try and explain that to some people. Oh, I think I won a willing lottery ticket. No, you haven't, dear. You're just a liar, aren't you? Uh, the workers, how low can he go? Corbyn in the new slave labour T-shirt scandal. 30 pence an hour to make £10 T-shirts that fund the Corbyn campaign. Not great, is it? But anyway, you go with Sharma Chakrabarti. That'll be so exciting, won't it? As if she wasn't snooty enough already, it's going to make her even worse. But she's not denied it. That's the interesting thing. Listen, um, we'll do it again tomorrow morning from four. Hopefully we'll find out at some point tomorrow how uh, how Tuesday's going to pan out for the programme. But I wish you a pleasant day. I hope you have a nice time. I shall go out and uh, wander, listen to some music down in uh, Twickenham later on. I think they've gone mad on a music festival thing, but uh, as long as it's got some pims or something like that and we can sit not in the sunshine but in the shade, I should be more than happy. Don't forget, I'm back again this evening with In Conversation. And it's really good. In Conversation. Hunter Davis, really excellent at the age of 80. You'd never guess it, seriously. And uh, he talks about his late wife, who only died this year. He talks about the Lake District. talks about the Beatles. talks about John Lennon. It's, uh, it's really good stuff. So in conversation this evening at uh, nine o'clock. And you can podcast it as well. And then we'll be back with you tomorrow morning between four and six thirty. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Allen Show. You can listen to LBC wherever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at ten... It's Katie Hopkins coming up next for you with Sunday Breakfast, Andrew Castle. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.